Good morning and welcome to another episode of Real World Talks with Lourdes, Natalie, and Kathy. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. Today, we have a very special guest with us by the name of Michael Hooper, who is the general manager of the Hilton Miami Airport Blue Lagoon. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, ladies. Pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Well, it's my pleasure. I'm very always uh, glad to, uh, to speak to people from uh, hospitality universities. Oh, thank you. So for our listeners, Michael, can you tell um, us and them about yourself and what led you to your current position? Certainly. Uh, so as you mentioned, I'm general manager of the Hilton Miami Airport Blue Lagoon, which is a 500-room hotel at Miami Airport. Uh, I, I started my career uh, as a front desk agent or GSA as it's now called in Chicago. Um, and before that I was, I actually went to, I grew up in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and I went to hotel school there. Uh, so I started with as a front desk agent at the Drake Hotel in Chicago. And I was fortunate enough to work five jobs in three years at that hotel, leaving the hotel as assistant front office manager to go open the Newark Airport Hilton uh, as front office manager. Uh, and I was there for one year when I was given the opportunity to be promoted to the New York Vista, which is no longer there. It was the hotel that was between the Twin Towers uh, at the World Trade Center, the 821-room hotel. And I was front office manager. So I went from a staff of about 35 to a staff of about 80, which was great experience. I was there for one year, uh, and I was offered the opportunity with Hilton to go to England. And I, I did take the opportunity. It was area director of front office, covering 35 hotels in the UK, Ireland and Wales, overseeing those, those hotels front office, now equivalent to what is the director of revenue. Uh, enjoyed that for two years and then got the opportunity to become assistant general manager at the London Heathrow Airport Hilton. Was there for two years. <laughs> then I got the opportunity to be resident manager and then general manager at the London Kensington Hilton in England. Uh, there for two years and then went to become uh, general manager at the London Gatwick Airport Hilton, where I won GM of the year for the UK hotels, our hotel won hotel of the year, and our finance team won finance team of the year. Uh, after that, my wife was ready to come back closer to the States because she's from Chicago and I got, and my family's actually from the Bahamas. I opened the British Colonial Hilton in Nassau as general manager, which was a great experience. Uh, and if anyone gets an opportunity to open a hotel, they really should take it because it just really challenges very different skills than just operating a hotel. I left the Hilton after quite a number of years and went to Bahamar, which is a resort in the Bahamas. Unfortunately, the 2018 financial crisis caused that project to stall. And uh, I ended up going to the Hilton Chicago Indian Lakes Resort, which is a suburb of Chicago as general manager, uh, with franchise Hilton. And then I rejoined Hilton, the 1500 room Hilton Chicago as hotel manager, which is the number two. And then in late 2015, I came to Miami as general manager of this hotel. Thank you so much, Michael, for providing that amazing outlook. I mean, journey of your, I would say, work history. And um, you've had some amazing, I would say, experience all over U.S. and international. Um, now, my next question is one that I think a lot of our listeners would love to hear because um, specifically for us who work with students, I would say a good over 50% of our students, especially when they're coming in as freshmen or juniors, if we ask them what is their long-term goal, they'll say becoming a general manager. I think also when I was an undergrad, um, I said too, one day I'm gonna be a general manager too. Um, so 
for those who have never had the chance to, let's say, shadow a GM, could you tell them what a day of a life of a GM is? Certainly, uh, day in the life is not typical, Catherine. Uh, it's very, uh, I, it's very different. But many of the components are very similar to what I do. So, um, and that's why it's so exciting. It is very different and interesting. Um, today, I came into expecting to do a certain thing, and and I got, you get pulled into a particular customer issue. It probably took me about two hours to to do it, and I'm I was still dealing with it up to about half an hour before this this call. But um, uh, I do. Basically, and obviously the pandemic has caused a lot of changes, but let's say a general day would consist of me coming to the hotel and saying hello to all the team members. I like to try to engage with them, seeing how they're doing, make sure they're doing well and their families are well. I do a visual site inspection of a lot of the public areas of the hotel, including the restaurants, the pool, in our case, the lobby, fitness center, the backup house areas, of course, are important, housekeeping, engineering. And while I do that, if I see any issues, I report it. We use a technical uh, um, a system called Hot Sauce to report any issues, to report them into Hot Sauce. Uh, I, during the course of the day, at some point, I'll be reviewing forecasts, budgets, or actual uh, previous day's uh, financials to see how we're doing, see what market segments are doing well. I always look at the previous day reservations and to see what market segments are, are doing well and, and talk to our revenue people about uh, where our next uh, our next strategies will be in order to continue to increase market share and business. Uh, I always speak to the sales team about what inquiries they're getting and what we're bidding on. Um, recently, been doing a lot of Zoom conference and webinars, those are, as opposed to in-person meetings. Uh, I get involved in site inspections of hotels uh, from, from salespeople who are coming to show prospective clients around. Uh, I do. I quite often, probably three days a week, I'll be on the floors inspecting guest rooms uh, with the director of housekeeping and the housekeeping team. Um, and then, of course, speaking to guests in the lobby or by the pool just to check and see how their overall experience is and whether they, and particularly now, to, to make sure they feel that, that we're providing a really clean and safe environment. Awesome. So as a leader and a general manager, how do you lead your team and what qualities do you think a leader should have? That's Natalie, right? Yes, we. It, it's um, I, I think it's it's not really a cliche. It's because it should, should be something that's lived by. That you know, I try as much to lead by example. Mm -hmm. So specifically during the pandemic, you know, I'm we're, we're we have a much skinny down staff. So if I I have driven the shuttle, I have cleaned guest rooms, I have you know helped guests with luggage. I have answered the switchboard. So doing all those things whenever it's necessary. Uh, but otherwise, just living by the values that Hilton has is important. So we have the values of Hilton spelled out, and we have to live by the hospitality, integrity, teamwork, and the, those values that we have now so that it's hard for me to make people accountable for those values if I don't live by them. Um, regular objective feedback is important for all of our team members to know where they stand and what they need to do to improve. And certainly making sure that all of our team members have the necessary tools, equipment, and supplies to do their job is very important. I certainly can't expect them to do their job if they don't have these things. And sometimes they don't speak up. They'll just say, I didn't do it because I didn't have something. So communication is really important uh, with everybody. Um, it's also important for me to share financial and guest service results with our team and our leaders. Um, and, and 
great detail with the leaders and in, in general detail with the rest of the team, but they should know how we're doing. Uh, they should know how our service scores are and they should know what they need to do to improve and they should be thanked for the good work that they do when they do it. Thank you, Michael, for providing those you know, great tips. Now, for students who are aiming to become a successful general, general manager like yourself, what would be your top three tips that you can share with them? So I guess I'll combine that also with the, what the question, the, second, the earlier question was about qualities, right? It kind of goes together. Um, some of the successful things that, they, that uh, should be done uh, or are, need to become a general manager, or make sure they develop and sharpen their written and verbal communication skills. I mean, so much, so many problems happen just because of the lack of communication or understanding. And it's not good enough just to ask someone if they understand what you've said. It's really to dig into asking them what they understand their, the objectives that we've communicated to them are so they can communicate back to you because I can't tell you how many times people will shake their head because they don't want to ask an additional question. So written and verbal communications and getting a general understanding, a really good and general and specific understanding is important. Uh, gaining a thorough knowledge of revenue management and financial reports is, is so much more important now in the last 10 years than it was originally. When I first joined uh, the industry, it was really the hospitality industry. It's really become a financial industry that that does hospitality work because so many of the owner group ownership groups are REITs or funds and it's really it's a numbers game so really have to understand financial statements really well and revenue management I mean generally you have to understand everything but those are really think those are really key of course and then a key attention to detail in all aspects of what I do what a general manager does uh, being courteous asking a lot of questions that you don't know and don't be shy about that um, we talk about Walking, you know, walking through the hotel and, and showing people uh, that I, I also do what I expect them to do. If I see a piece of paper somewhere, I have to pick it up. If I see a bottle in the car park, I should pick it up. I shouldn't walk by it and call someone else if it's in front of me. So I, you have to kind of walk the walk as well as or walk the talk. Um, so those are three tips. Of course, as a general manager, I have to have general knowledge of lots of different things. And I, I came up through front office. So I have a much stronger understanding of front office sales and marketing, but you know I have to have good understanding of engineering, of of uh, human resources, uh, uh, of all the housekeeping and all the different areas of the hotel. Thank you so much for sharing those tips and just touching base. Um, you said you've been in the industry for a number of years now. Now, if you could do it all over again and turn back time, would you choose the same path for yourself? And if not what would you change? I mean, I'm, I'm pretty pleased with my career. I've moved around to a lot of different places and had some experiences that I wouldn't have had otherwise. I got into the business and I joined a company, an international company, because I wanted to travel. And I know that as, a, as a, getting into a leadership position, the company pays for me to travel. So uh, they pay for my move and, and things like that. So um, I wouldn't change a huge amount. I mean, there's some small decisions I would change about certain aspects of the way, but you know, hindsight is 2020. So I think you're better off living with no regrets uh, as much as possible and to change behavior to you know shape your future rather than too much dwelling on the past. Uh, but as a former athlete, I would always replay the game decisions I would make in those in the in the soccer and baseball and the sports I played. Um, and sometimes that moves over to work. So I might go home and think about things, or I might think back to a year ago 
but usually it's, it's so much fluid, our business is so fluid that I, I don't think too far back. Um, one of the things that I would do though, if I could, if, if, if I would have liked to work in the United Arab Emirates in Dubai or Abu Dhabi, uh, when I lived in England, when we lived in England, we visited three times and I felt that it was such a different quality and level of hospitality and different way hotels are run, uh, different kinds of owners with different objectives. Uh, and it's, it's just, it's a completely different world. Uh, one, I want to go back and visit. I haven't been back for many, many years, but I would have really liked to, uh, to work in, the, in, in Abu Dhabi or Dubai. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. And I agree 100% no regrets. <laughs> um, so, uh -huh. my, so my next question uh, for you, uh, Mr. Hooper, would be um, a lot of different properties have had the pandemic affect um, different roles, and the property overall. So um, specifically for you, how has the pandemic affected you um, in your role? Well, I did describe Lourdes, right? Some of the issues that we've done now. I mean, uh, the pandemic has caused a major impact on all businesses. And obviously hospitality was, was one of those businesses that had a major impact. Um, we, have, we rely on airlines, people flying, and airlines aren't flying, and cruising, staying in our hotel before and after cruise, and people aren't cruising. Business travelers aren't traveling, and people are not working in their offices or working from home. Um, so we were closed for six weeks, and that was a very different experience that I've ever had before. So it's kind of working out a plan just for what, what you do when you're closed and how you cover to make sure there's security in a 12-acre property, um, and, and how, what do we do with such a small amount of staff. So that was definitely different. But, but even during that time, I, I, we were, I would be one of the shifts of security during the time we were closed. And I would answer the switchboard during that time. And, um, and now that we're reopened, like I mentioned, I, I will drive the shuttle. If, and I have, you know, I probably drive the shuttle once a week at, at least just because at odd times something happens, right? Um, but I'm moving, I'm helping people with luggage on a regular basis. I'm working in a storeroom and helping organize the storeroom. Uh, I'm, I'm helping uh, identify things in housekeeping that I wouldn't do. Um, so definitely, it, and, and we're all, all the team, or I'm having to make sure I'm appreciative of all of our team who are doing the same, because the food and beverage director is working in, a, in an outlet serving, and the housekeeper's not necessarily cleaning room, but doing things that he or she wouldn't do. And, and human resources, which normally would have three, has one, so she's doing a lot of different things. So trying to keep people motivated in a different environment is a big part of it thanking them for making sure they do, you know, the things that they don't normally do and explaining to the team and making sure everybody follows the correct safety protocols, uh, both from Hilton and from the city and county of Miami are, you know, some of the things that have had to change. Thank you so much, Michael, for sharing that. And, you know, I'm glad to see, and I always love to hear, you know, when GMs or those executive um, leaders step in, because I feel like it really shows the, you know, the team members, um, and I'm glad to see that your property is, you know, bouncing back. Now, um, you know, besides the pandemic that hit around, I would say around March and then throughout the summer, you know, we've been seeing it on the news that there's also been a big movement um, because of the unfortunate, you know, a lot of the social injustice. So we've seen a lot of companies really trying to kind of create this, um, making sure they have this inclusion and equality within their companies and showing diversity. Um, what are your thoughts on the representation and this current moving movement, pardon me, of having diversity, inclusion, and equality initiatives within companies? Well, very good question. So my views on diversity and inclusion are that there needs to be more commitment and action by most companies 
both within and outside of the hospitality sector uh, for Blacks and Hispanics in particular. Uh, many companies have policies and even team members committed to this. Uh, the focus and success has mainly been around gender and LGBTQT, uh, but I think based on some of the recent uh, issues that, that have really come to light with Blacks um, and also this, this, these issues have been around for a long time, uh, just highlight the fact that uh, you know, black people need to be more representative uh, in leadership position. You know, presently, in the Miami, Fort Lauderdale area, there's only approximately four or five black general managers in, in all the hotels that we have. And many companies nationwide are underrepresented are underrepresented when there comes to when it comes to blacks and senior leadership roles, both in the hotel and in corporate positions. And clearly, this isn't you know a representative sample of what society has in general. Uh, there should be more uh, leadership roles, general managers, corporate VPs, um, roles like that should be more prevalent. Um, efforts have to be made by companies to both promote internally, recruit more Blacks and Hispanics, and develop them within their own pipelines, providing internal trading and, uh, training and development programs. And it's not just fair, but it's also good for business, as those ethnic groups spend billions of dollars on travel. So there should be a marketing plan that goes with the internal people opportunities. And in England, I mentored minority black students there. So, um, but corporations need to need to you know put their money and their resources and commitment uh, into allowing more opportunities uh, for blacks and Hispanics for sure. I think it's not just a good thing to do, um, to, you know, but it's also good business. I mean, it's been proven that blacks and Hispanics spend billions of dollars in travel. And so they, not just about hiring people, but also marketing um, to, to people of color. So because they have reunions and business meetings and fraternities and sororities and individual travel. Um, so there's a huge amount of money to be made if it's done properly. Yes, I we wholeheartedly agree. Um, you mentioned that you've gone to England and the Bahamas. Can you share the top two favorite places you've traveled to in general? And also, I know you mentioned that you were a former athlete. Can you share with us like your favorite sports team? Ah, good. Okay, sure. So <laughs> some of my favorite, I mean, I have so many places to travel. I and mean, one of the questions that comes up when people know I've moved, so I've been in 11 different hotels and all these various locations and say, what's your favorite place to work? And I said, oh, they all were nice because I got to experience different things in those, those places that I wouldn't ever you know, be able to see. So you know, England, living in England for eight years, we got to see a lot of Europe that obviously most people would never see because on a weekend, I could fly to Paris in an hour or Rome in two hours. So we went to Rome twice, Florence, you know, Amsterdam, Belgium, uh, Brussels, all kinds of different places. But I would say, and I mentioned it earlier, one of my favorite places is the United Arab Emirates, Dubai and Abu Dhabi, just because it's like a country that's oil rich, but they've actually not squandered their money. They've actually put an action plan together to be one of the top tourist locations in the world, building some of the most fabulous resorts. But they also have like an indoor ski place. They have, a, they have golf there, they have fishing, they have a huge jewelry market. I mean, it's called a souk. They have just an amazing restaurant. So Dubai and Abu Dhabi are definitely, and then Ireland, we drove around Ireland and I didn't nearly get to spend as much time. But again, totally different from um, the United Arab, Dubai and Abu Dhabi in terms of cosmopolitan cities. We didn't go to Dublin. We went to all of the small cities in Ireland where we stayed in bed and breakfast and visit castles and pubs and all kinds of fun, you know, natural resources that they have. So those are two. 
Um, and I grew up in Vancouver, which I think is one of the most scenic cities in the world, clean and safe and, and, and all that. But um, um, you asked me to share some sports. I mean, I played soccer for 15 years and coached for 10. My favorite team is Chelsea in the, Brit in the Premier League in England. So that's, that's my favorite team, you know, soccer sport. I play golf now. So um, that's, that's kind of a, I can't play soccer at too much at my age anymore, but uh, I enjoy watching it. Okay. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, so you just mentioned golf. Um, besides golf, are there any other hobbies that you may have picked up during quarantine for COVID-19? I think I haven't picked up new, but I've done things more. So I I, I hardly get a chance to read fiction uh, or nonfiction because there's, there's so many industry articles to read and there's so many magazines and you probably see the same in university, just continuously flood of information that you have to read and keep up with. Or I'm producing reports for our owners or our company. So I definitely got to read a little bit more and I've started to do a lot more um, audio books. So I guess that is a new hobby. I guess I've been listening to more audiobooks. And the and the tip is, you know, get a library, uh, get a library card, and and get those audiobooks for free. You don't have to pay for them. There's so many audiobooks in public libraries. It's amazing. So uh, that's what I've been doing more of. And I, I have been continuing to play golf, uh, you know, when I can as well. That's awesome. Yeah, there. I actually I enjoy reading myself and. Um, I love, I'm a huge Mariah Carey fan. So she has a book that just recently came out that I'm about to listen to through audio as well. <laughs> um, <Really>? So, <laughs> um, so to conclude our interview with you, Mr. Hooper, I have one last question for you. So if you could have dinner with one individual in the world, alive or deceased, who would that individual be and why? That's a really tough question. Um, Lourdes, because so many people that would be interesting to sit down and talk to. Um, so I have to pick two. Sorry, uh, I would pick I would pick Martin Luther King, just because of what he went through, and just to, to talk about what you know all the different things that he had to go through. And I would also choose Barack Obama, being first black president, just because it would be amazing to hear all the things that he had to go through to get there, and also all the struggles he had when he got there because the life as president for him wasn't easy because everybody was just basically trying to in a second term was just trying to block everything he was trying to do and how did he stay positive in the light of that so neither the struggles are similar obviously quite dissimilar in the time they were here and exactly what they had to go through and Barack benefited for a lot of stuff that Martin Luther King did but those would be my two sorry I have to pick two that is quite okay those are both two very powerful individuals that I would also love to have uh, dinner with as well. So <laughs> thank you so much um, for sharing that. And thank you so much again for taking the time to speak with us today, Mr. Hooper. We really appreciate you joining us on the podcast today. You're very welcome. My pleasure. All right. So this concludes another episode of Real World Talks. And tune in next week for another episode. Have an amazing day, everyone. Bye. 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 Stay safe.